You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. What an amazing homecoming weekend it was, and we're going to get into that and more. But first, the big news going on right now, of course, it's as of this recording, it is Tuesday, October the 23rd, the World Series, first pitch, happening momentarily. Game one tonight, the Los Angeles Dodgers taking on the Boston Red Sox, and leading off for the Dodgers, Brian Dozier, the former Golden Eagle Going to be taking the first pitches in the World Series. I think they said this is the fourth time that a Golden Eagle has played in the World Series, if I'm not mistaken. That is a fact I feel like that I saw somewhere. So, hey man, I hope I hope Dozier gets the ring. I'd like to see it happen. We'll see what happens. Before we get to homecoming, got a new podcast coming out. Not mine. I can't take it on another one. But some of my friends... Uh, I have this new podcast coming out called Domino. Check it out. It's coming out October the 25th. Look up Domino on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, basically, it's some friends of mine, former USM grad, his co-workers. Uh, they say it's Freakonomics meets revisionist history. They have a lot of stories, fascinating stories about the global economy and how things came about. So be sure you check out Domino. I'm sure I'll share a link on our social media sites, but... I will have a little taste of that podcast for you guys later on in the show. All right, so for this week's episode, we did something kind of like what we've done in the past where we just document the day. And basically, it's us going through and interviewing different people that we run into or, you know, people of interests. So for this particular one, we went it a step further. I wanted to give you guys a little taste of game day. Not the inside the game itself, but outside the stadium, some of the things that happen. One of the things we haven't documented on here before, uh, but it, it involves adult beverages. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't think anything really inappropriate was said, but just if that's something you're sensitive about, prepare yourself for that. There's also some story. There's also a story, and I don't want to spoil it for you, so you're going to have to listen. But um, I'll have to give you a disclaimer afterwards. But after you hear the story, you'll probably be like, oh, that's probably what he was talking about. But know that it was all in fun and it was there was nothing. Um, I don't know. Let's just talk about it after you get to get to the interview. But anyways, homecoming. We did get our tailgate spot. There was no confusion this year with that. Jason and Katie got up early and went out there and set it up. I was out of town. Came back in town later that day. I was going to document the whole weekend, Friday and everything, but it was so, Friday was so crazy and so hectic that I didn't get to do that, but I did get to document a good part of the weekend. Beautiful day out at the, the Rock and on the campus of Southern Miss. Got to see a lot of old friends. A lot of family came out. I ate like a maniac. And I, and I got a fake J. Oh, I got a J. Hobson cutout. We're calling it fake J. And I was able to bring it out to the, to the tailgate. So that's something, that's a new twist there for you guys. But like I said, a lot of people listen to the show didn't get to come out to game day for whatever reason. We have a lot of listeners from around the country and around the world. So we wanted to give you a little taste of what happened at the rock 
well, really at Southern Miss, on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi this weekend. Here it is, Homecoming 2018. Already 1039. Um, we just got our tent set up. This is Jason Bailey, along with the beautiful Katie, my wife. I think this will be Katie's debut appearance on To The Top Talk. Katie, what are you looking most forward to this weekend? Um, fellowship and fun. Fellowship and fun. Can you name me, uh, what's your, what's your favorite Southern Miss football player? Current or past? Current. Anyone on the roster? The one that sounds like Pez Dispenser. Pez Dispenser. That would be Quez Dispenser. Quez. Quez Watkins. You could have also gone with the guy who... Uh, no, 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 who, who share- there you go. I was going to mention Jack. It's only our son's name. So you know two players on a team. What's the name of the head coach? Jay Hobson. Jay Hobson. That's right. Okay. Um, the most important question is, um, outside of who's going to win the game, we'll get to that later, but... What are you bringing to the tailgate tomorrow? A cheese ball. Do you have any special ingredients to go in that cheese ball? Cheese and balls. There you have it. Okay, the tents are set up. We got our spot. The people did not bump us out this year. Uh, we got three tents set up right now. We're going to have a fourth. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, and Southern Miss? To the top. All right, 7.58 a.m. Saturday morning of homecoming. Uh, myself and Diane Overby have, for whatever reason, decided to come run in this alumni, uh, homecoming 5k. Diane, how you feel about it? I'm a little bit nervous, bump. I don't run. What is your average time in a mile? About 1120. That beats me because I don't ever run miles. So here we are. Um, I went out to Hannibal last night. Those last couple drinks were probably a bad idea. Um, but you know, it's a beautiful day out. Looks like some blue is peeking through the uh, the clouds, but you know the clouds are important for me because it's less sunny. Correct. A little cloud coverage there—that's good for us this morning. We're gonna we're gonna power through this 5K. Now, how in the world did you get out of bed and Kirk not, or is he like already done his morning workout and like back getting a nap or something? Okay, Kirk has already been to the gym this morning, <laughs> worked out, and now he's sitting in the room eating Midtown donuts. Wow, solid. Uh, you guys came in from Baton Rouge last night. Um, I saw some pictures on Facebook. I think you went to the Midtown thing. You're staying at the Indigo. Uh, how are those? Um, how how was the Insomnia cookies? They were fabulous. So we got to run those off this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. So uh, I guess we're gonna sign off now. Um, we'll try to check in after it if we make it through it. <laughs> if we don't, we'll just tap out and we'll check in anyway. Uh, so 7:58. Jason and Diane uh, signing off to the top. All right, 9:14. We made it. We made it, uh, Diane and, and myself, we made it. There's some screaming in the background for some stragglers coming up here at the end. We stomped them. You'll see our final times posted later. We'll put it on Twitter. Diane, how was it? Um, it was awful. It was, this was a terrible idea. I don't know why we decided to do this, but we did it. It's over with. And I'm, you know, it is what it is. Hey, we're getting it started off right. You know, last night went to Hannibal. You guys drove in from Baton Rouge. You enjoyed some of the Midtown. We got up in the morning, got our sweat on. So now we can get our dehydration on this afternoon. I'm there. Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, well, you beat me. What was your time? What was your time? Well, 
Now, on my watch, it was about 33 minutes and some seconds, but we're going to check our official times uh, when they get done posting in a little bit. So we're, we're about 33, 34 minutes. The, the important thing is that we finished and we didn't die. We didn't so that's die. good. And uh, that's about it, guys. To the top. To the top. All right. Uh, Jason Bailey here with, uh, with one of my favorite followers on Twitter, and we're, we're, we've become pretty good friends also. Uh, Jeannie Munn. Jeannie, what's happening? Getting ready for the game. Exciting. It's homecoming. It's homecoming. We're, we're tailgating already. Absolutely. Now, you guys have been setting up right here in front of the hub for as long as I know. Um, I know Lloyd, the Hurricanes, getting the music set up right over there. Uh, how long you guys you guys been in this spot? We have been in the area of Danforth for six years when they put up the Jimmy Buffett. Mm -hmm. Fingers Taylor marker. We mm -hmm. kind of move, but we love being in front of Danforth because we can do three tents. We have green space, mm -hmm. and there are like sidewalks to give us boundaries. So it's a really great spot, and everybody we know comes and knows that we're here in front of Danforth. I know that uh, I know that Lloyd had a ton to do with getting Jimmy back uh, at the Sanger this past year, and I don't know how in the world Katie and I, and my wife, uh, scored tickets to it, but we did. I think we got like the very last two at the very top. But it was awesome. Thank you guys so much it for putting that together. Awesome. It was awesome. And he will be back at some point this spring. Really? Through campus, yes. Actually. Breaking news. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news. He's not going <laughs> to say when, but he is, does have USM back on his agenda. Come through and casually check out the campus, not as a big visit, but as a private coming through. So we're excited about that. Cool. Now, what's your favorite part about homecoming? Tailgating. The court, the Eagle Walk, the band. I love the band. They blow it out for homecoming. Yeah. And everybody coming home that you have not seen in 30 years. Talk about some of this stuff. You have some very fancy stuff set up for the tailgate, a very elaborate setup, and just way, <laughs> like I got chicken wings and chips and stuff, and I'm looking over there, and like, what, what's that cheese thing going on? Okay, we, we have Merlot cheddar cheese um, that we get at Twin Forks downtown. Yep. I do a pork tenderloin, two pork tenderloins and rosemary and garlic that I'll bake this morning. And then Lloyd will grill sausages. We'll have buns set up if you want to do sandwiches. Lots of fresh fruit. I do my, my brownies in the shape of a football so you can kind of feel like you're getting ready. You like that? Yes. And I'll do two or three dips, cookies, decorated USM cookies. And we've got a new family that the parents are all miss. But their child is at a USM scholarship for band, mm -hmm. and they will tailgate with us. So I have music notes for our band, <laughs> cut out cookies, music notes. Cool. Um, and, and then we just do boiled peanuts, soft drinks, tea. And homecoming queen this year is Casey, who is a Tri-Delta. My daughter's a Tri-Delta, and they were very good friends. So for in Casey's honor, I also have Tri-Delta dolphin cookies. Awesome. Well, cool deal. Uh, I see I have to step my tailgate game up uh, quite a bit after coming over here and checking this out. But uh, thanks for taking some time with us. and um, come back and enjoy the music and play the little toss game. Will do. Southern Miss? To the top. All right. It is 1.59 p.m. I uh, got my happy ass up. Bump's been up since uh, first thing this morning, as you guys have heard. I was like, hey, let's document the whole weekend like we used to do. And I haven't recorded anything yet. I was... <laughs> Tied up with the show last night, but Bump got up early, went out and did the walk or run or jog or whatever they call it. Early bird gets the worm, or does the person who ate the worm last night have the big day today? We'll see. What's up, man? <laughs> What's happening, brother? Hey, we didn't. I didn't get to talk to him, um, and last night was just kind of hectic, so I didn't talk to him either. But uh, what an incredible show! I mean, I've been piping up the show for a while, and 
had a great turnout, had a great time. It was, it was, that might have been the biggest show we've, we brought to Hattiesburg. It was a great time. I honestly, I couldn't believe how packed out it got. Um, even like 45 minutes before, I was kind of worried. And then we get in there, and it's like a crowd like Last for Life was. I'm not sure if there's an empty seat in the house, and it could not have gone any better or been any funnier. Yeah, he murdered. He's a, he is on another level right now, and I'm so excited for him. And we even talked about him coming back. He loves Hattiesburg, man. And you know, he's got family in Mississippi. And the last time Hannibal was here, like people from Oxford or Biloxi would be like, hey, he's like, hey, get on the bus. He's like, Hattiesburg's the only place I'm playing in Mississippi. So, uh, and then a guy tweeted at him. It's like, hey, when are you doing Biloxi? And he, he sent the dude directions to Hattiesburg, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. I actually, along those same lines, I, when I first sat down in my seat, uh, the guy next to me, I asked him, um, are you, uh, have you ever seen Hannibal before? He said, man, this is actually my, uh, my first comedy show ever. I said, really? I was like, well, man, you know, he's been here like three or four times so far. He said, man, I live in Vicksburg. Drove down, got a hotel room. Oh, wow. So, you know, you're bringing revenue to the Hub City. No, that's awesome. I'm excited. So, so we got that out of the way. So, uh, I got another comedy show I'm going to announce later in the, the broadcast, but, it's all about Southern Miss. We're back here at the Rock. Just just making homecoming even more special than it is. So we're out here today. I really am excited about the folks that we should see out here tailgating today. I've got some messages from some people. Um, there's some that there's some of my old college buddies, the guys I used to run with, the guys that in in 2000 2001, uh, the three of us that comprise the mascot squad, ranked number ten in the country, ranked number seven in the country, Capital One All America team. This was the squad that really did a lot to try to try to put Southern Miss on the map in the only way we could, which was through Seymour. And uh, I'm excited to see those guys. We got a guy that Southern Miss fans know. He's supposed to be out here. Um, I think you'll be surprised to hear from him. We'll see how that goes. So. We wanted to document the weekend like we used to do where, you know, we talk to people who's come around, just try to give you a little bit of the game day atmosphere experience while we're out here right now. So you've already done a couple of interviews. I'll probably do some as the day goes along. We'll get a little more adult courage into us as, as the day goes along. So hopefully we'll have fun. But hey, it looks like a great crowd out here, just judging by the atmosphere thus far. I hadn't seen this many tents, this many tailgaters since probably that very first game against Jackson State. Um, and that was a pretty good crowd that day. Today's even better weather. So I look for it to be a solid crowd inside. Um, I don't want to put a number on it, but um, I know everybody in there is going to be having a lot of fun. And uh, and I can't wait. Hey, man, just control what we can control. We're going to have fun. Whoever shows up, you come have fun with us. Always going to be a blast out here at The Rock. All right. It's 217. Um, we're getting closer and closer and closer to kickoff. Uh, just ran across a guy that I think everybody listening wishes they had his job, honestly. <laughs> um Trey Brennan is my guest right now. He's the guy that if you hear anything played in The Rock on game days, um, he's the guy that plays it. Trey, how in the world did you ever run across that gig? Oh, uh, well, so I've been doing the DJing, stadium DJ for the Shackers on the Coast for mm -hmm. a few years now. And uh, I was at a signing day event this past February on the coast where I ran into Stephen Pugh. He's one of the assistant athletic directors. And Jack Duggan, who's our SID here at Southern Miss, knew me from when I worked for the football team. He introduced me to him, and he's like, you know, this guy's real talented. He does all kinds of stuff. And I told Stephen, I was like, look, you know, I, I feel like the music that The Rock could, you know, be done a little bit better. And I'm, I'm interested if you ever have an opening, you know, I, I've got all these contacts that you can, you can ask and stuff like that. And he said he would keep me in mind. And that week, I remember sending in my resume uh, to him in an email, and he told me that they were full at the time. But that he would definitely keep me in mind in the future. And then about, I guess it was about two or three weeks before the season started, 
he sent me an email and asked if I was still interested because uh, he had an opening come up. And so he uh, called me, you know, did a little quick interview, asked me if I wanted the job, and I took it, and that's how it happened. That is so cool, man. So so you're a student here at USM right now, right? Correct. I am. What, what, are you majoring in something in the same field? Do you plan on trying to pursue a broadcasting career, or what, what's going on with that? Well, I, when I first came up here as a freshman, I was in broadcasting, but I switched pretty quickly to public relations. Um, I'm in my fifth year now. I finished all my PR classes. I'm just working on my minor now, which is marketing. Um, I guess because I, I like to talk to people and communicate is, is one of my strong suits is communications. And uh, so PR was seemed natural for me. Uh, what's more fun, the Shuckers games or game day at the Rock? Or does it depend on if you win or not? Uh, I, it's always more fun when your team's winning, but I will tell you, I got goosebumps the first home game whenever I finally got to bring back Thunderstruck, and ah. the fans were just clapping and cheering to it, and I can't really hear that well through our, because our booth is soundproof, but when I could, like, I could still hear a little bit of the fans singing along, you know, thunder, and, like, I had goosebumps. I, I mean, my hair's sticking up just thinking about it right now. <laughs> Well, if you ever want a, just a crazy sight, just get yourself a pair of binoculars and zone in to like the bottom of the end zone right there. Jamie and I have a good six hours in of adulting, so uh, it's probably it'll probably be pretty funny from your point of view. Well, here's the thing. My family uh, used to have their season tickets over there, and last year was the first year that I didn't work for the team since I've been up here, so I, I got to sit in the stands for a season, I guess. And uh, So I'm pretty familiar with you guys down oh, there. Oh, so, so you've seen us. Oh, yeah, down there behind the goalposts, okay. acting crazy. Yeah, I've seen you guys. Awesome, man. Well, dude. Thanks so much for catching up with us. Um, any final words for the uh, Southern Miss faithful out there? Uh, well, let's come strong. Um, the players play a lot better when you're here, and there's nothing like that rock being filled up and loud. And, and I hope to do my part and play this music, get you all fired up, but we need you here. We're depending on you, man. Southern Miss, to the top. It's 3.03 p.m. out here at the tailgate. Just had uh, one of my favorite Twitter, Twitter follows uh, pop up over here. Chill Phil. What's happening, man? What's up, man? How's it going? Just out here enjoying the weather. It's a beautiful day out here at uh, Southern Miss. How'd you get to be a Southern Miss fan? You know, I grew up on the bad side of us being a state fan, but uh, my chose athletic training, the only program in the state of Mississippi, came here. My uh, now fiance came here to be a Dixie Darling and just kind of fell in love with it and followed my dream with uh, doing athletic training and just been a Southern Miss fan ever since. It's awesome, man. What do you think about the, the team so far this season? You know, the defense, nasty bunch as always. I feel like we should have won more games than we did. Offense, still got to find it. Uh, if they find it, I feel like we really could be something to wreck with. Uh, we're young, though, so um, the future's bright for sure. You, you, you're a guy that pushes a lot of Southern Miss stuff on Twitter, and I appreciate that. It's always good to see that. Why do you do it? Because I just love wherever I'm at, I'm passionate about, you know, and uh, – I feel like Hattiesburg's meeting people's around here. Our crowd should be better, you know, than it is. We have a lot of tradition. Uh, a lot of people leave and go to all the other places. I mean, I grew up a state fan, Starf and all that, but I've come to every home game ever since I've been here. I feel like other people should too. And the, you know, the town of Hasburg gets behind us. We could have a really good crowd and a really home field advantage for people. Any thoughts on the game today? I think the Southern Miss will find the offense. Nasty bunch will be nasty. I'm going to say 42 to 17. I'll take it. It is 3.27 p.m. out here at the tailgates with my protege, uh, one of the best to ever uh, get in the fur, so to speak, Daniel Locke. What years were you here at Southern Miss? I was here from 2007 to 2011. One of the funny things about you is you actually started out here on the track team 
and then converted over to the mascot squad. Yeah, so I started out running track, and, and the time commitment for the the two together ended up being so great that I ended up having to choose one. And one, the scholarship money was better with Seymour. The hours were better, and it was just more fun than the day-to-day grind of track and field. So Seymour uh, kind of became my, my main I guess job you'd say here at Southern Miss and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It is 3.37 p.m. I'm here with one of my best friends, one of my partners in crime. Like you think back to when I was at Southern Miss, 99 through 02, and there's a period of time right there where I started Seymour in 99 and then 2000, we actually made it to nationals. We finished number 10th in the country. We competed nationals the year after that, finished seventh. I don't remember when we finished the year after that because I was done, but you were there. You went in and competed. We still we competed at nationals three years in a row. It was a great time. And then the Capital One All American team. I'm here with John Mills. Man, we have got we could probably talk for a whole hour on all the stuff, all of our shenanigans and stuff we got into. Man, our the stories that we would dredge up. I mean, if we plied ourselves with a few more beers, the stories that we would dredge up would are would be nothing short of just sheer legendary, like on an epic scale. Now, one of your best stories, I actually stole this, and I do, I, I've do. i done it as a bit before as myself, but it was actually you that this happened to against the University of South Florida. Tell us what happened against the Bulls. Okay, so the first year that I was Seymour, um, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I had bit off more than I could chew. I think the, the first thing that had, like, intimidated me with it was this big huge dude from east carolina that he, you know everybody's like he likes to fight and i was like my first day in the suit i'm like i'm gonna have to fight this guy and i was kind of nervous about it but like i didn't i never felt right so like from then on i had kind of a little chip on my shoulder about it so then we found um this guy from south florida came over and you know before every game we go over and talk to him and welcome to hattiesburg and hey come over use our room if you want hey we got some gatorade back here you need a place to change like all the formalities just you know being hospitable this guy was kind of like jersey shore from the get-go didn't like him came off with like real sorry attitude and he he broke the cardinal rule and he started saying some sideways stuff to some of the the, the cheerleader girls on our group and uh it just kind of it just it, it just sort of it literally ruffled the feathers um so had you know nobody liked him we let him go we didn't like really push the issue that year played him again next year but that was an away game, I think, and we were in, like, Chicago, and we had went out as a group in Chicago. It was a tournament. They were up at a tournament. So the same schmuck shows up at this tournament. I have no idea what this guy's name is, and I'm trying to use something that's not a four-letter word to describe this guy. But he shows up, and we're trying to take him out and, like, be hospitable, turn the other cheek, you know, all that stuff. Well, he gets way drunk, and he starts doing it again. So then he they, they just kind of disappear. Now like all like a bunch of our guys are mad at him too. Like the guys on the cheerleading team, they're they're upset. I'm upset. Everybody's upset. He smoke bombs. Um, third year, I don't know if I'm encountered that guy or not. But my fourth year, he was it was his fourth year. So we played them that year. Played South Florida at South Florida, which was really the Tampa Bay Bucks stadium with a big pirate ship and stuff. And you know by this time. Our shenanigans and our antics, we had put our suits through the ringers. And we had three suits, and only one of them was, like, a functional, viable suit to wear. The rest of them were, like, tore up, had holes, like, the feet were broke. Like, there's boots inside of Seymour's feet, and the boots had ripped out of the feet. So it was kind of like 
it was kind of like walking with your feet inside of garbage cans. You're just sort of slinging your weight around, cumbersome, a gangly, awkward, you know, kind of a sensation. And now I was, I came in, I was irritated. Just to, I knew the guy was there. He came, did something stupid before the game. Like I reached out to shake his hand and he like drew the hand back, like the rock or something like that. And then he tried to like sucker punch or slap or do something silly. I don't know. Something, something dumb. I was like, all right, well, I'll see him on the field. And I came out and I was ready for him. I was going to go out with a bang on my last year. And, uh, dude was just non-existent, wasn't there. So we get down to like two or three, no, I not even two or three minutes. It's more like 30 seconds before the half was over. And he wanders over to my side of the stadium with our fans in front of our group. So this was during a time when there was a lot of other mascot fights and like interaction was not like smiled upon. He needed to stay in his zone. I need to stay in my zone. Well, he came over through our team, came up my zone, and I had no idea he was there. All I knew is the crowd started roaring and getting loud. I'm like, this guy's behind me, isn't he? <laughs> so I turn around, and I'm like kind of caught funny, like my feet are tangled up under me because, like I said, the boots are tore up. And he does something like it was it, i don't even think he tried to swing i think it was more like just like a little pushy push like a, to start something but like my feet got t- tangled under me and i fell over and everybody's like whoa and i'm like oh i do i do not lose fights in front of my fans so then he ran and i was just seething with rage at this point like i i could not accept this so we go to halftime and i'm just back there just like punching wall just like just just egging myself on i'm coming out like roy jones so the half's over. I run out in front of the team. So their team has to run past me. So if he's running out, he's leading their team, he's got to go through me. A whole, the, everybody from South Florida has to come through me. I will kill somebody for this, this, this terrible infraction. Well, you know, the football team runs past and like all these other like trainers and staff and stuff run past. And then here comes the bull, boop, 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 like kind of like waddling out there, stupid looking animal. And it, and it walks up to me and it was like all like, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man happy and stuff. And man, I just, I cocked back and I let that thing have it with all I had. Like, I, if I'd have done it now, I would have probably slipped a disc. I hit that thing so hard. And I did, like, I connected perfectly, like, right on the snout. And the head spun and the legs buckled. And that sucker just collapsed into just a pile of, like, fur and flesh, just, like, dead. So then, like, I'm still, like, trying to get some, you know? Like, I'm not content, like, that you're dead. Like, I'm going to d- just defile your corpse now. Like, I'm, you will pay for your infraction. You will, you will know that you found the bad end of Southern Miss from this one. So, like, now stadium staff has got me, and they're, like, got me up under the arms, and they're, like, I'm kicking, and, like, people are, ah, like, screaming and going nuts, and, you know, they're all excited about it. Our fans are going crazy. They're dragging me off, probably going to take me to jail. They scoop the bull up under the arms. They're dragging it like heels dragging behind, you know, just like they're like they're dragging a body out of a war zone. And they pull us up into the little like hallway that they, you know, the team runs out of the vomitorium or whatever it is. And I'm just like, they pull my head off and I'm just like still just red faced and ready. And the bull's like on the ground and they're up under there. They're, they're unsnapping the head. Apparently it attaches in four places and I detached all four. So they're like getting the bull's head off. It was not the guy. It was a girl. <laughs> this was her very first time to ever put the suit on. This was her first game. <laughs> and, she, and she was about as awkward of a human as could possi- you could possibly run into. Good-natured person. Was not ready for the haymaker. Um, 
So they were like, kind of, she was like, she wasn't knocked out, but she wasn't in her, she wasn't in the right place. And, um, they were trying to get her to come around and I was like, oh my God, you cannot be serious. Like I just knocked out this chick. And so then I'm like embarrassed. I'm mortified. Like what's going to happen? Like, how's this all going to shake out? So they, they asked her like, Hey, Hey, do you, do you want to press charges or do you want to do this? And she's like, no, no, it's, it's cool. Like, I guess she thought that was like part of mascot culture. Like (laughs) this is an acceptable interaction or something. And I was like, well, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. I thought you were the other guy. She's like, yeah, this was his last game. He left at halftime. He's never coming back. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. Next time you come to the Berg, let me know, and we'll take you out to eat. And I couldn't think of anything that we had that she didn't have. So the only thing that came out of my mouth was like, yeah, we'll take you to Olive Garden. <laughs> Which she was like, you know, had a, was a very mixed reaction. Like I got punched in the face, and get, now I get to go to Olive Garden. I guess like we'd have to ask the guy that Deontay punched out to see how that you know went over with him. How does it feel to be the Ike Turner of college mascots? You know, it feels good, man. Uh, every day I wake up, look in the mirror, I'm proud of myself. I know I got that right uh, under my belt. I can tap into that if I need to. Uh, you know, I, 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 just, I just, hey, play it like I see it. One of my favorite, so like me and you were kind of like an ebb and flow when we were there. Amon did something totally different. But what I loved about you was when it came to the kid. I mean, we, we love the kids, obviously, because you have to, but you didn't give a damn. If a kid was acting up, one of my favorite memories was when we were at the Jackson All-Star Party, and you picked up a can of barbecue out of the trash can and just whacked this kid in the head. What what, what happened there? I'm so glad you said damn, so now I feel like I, the, the veil has slipped a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that kid. So, here's the thing. like, And people don't know this. They don't, they don't know the struggle. The struggle of you have to be nice and sweet to everybody's kids, and some of them kids just straight suck. They're just hellions, just dirty little <laughs> nasty. Anyway, so you're sitting there trying to smile and take a family picture with the kids, and meanwhile, like, you're, like, posing. You can't feel anything. This kid turns around and punches you right in the junk. Like, there's only so many junk punches that you can take before, you're, you're like, something snaps inside of you. And I could tell, like, immediately, I began to read. It's like, this little kid's going, this kid's going, he's going to come at me. I'm going to take care of him. I, I see what's, I see how this is fixing to play out. That's experience. That's how many junk punches I had. I could tell this kid was coming. So he came and he was coming to do the junk punch, like all kids want to do. Everybody wants to punch Seymour in the balls for whatever reason. So here he comes and there just happened to be a whole plateful of somebody's barbecue, pulled pork sandwich, whatever they'd catered up there at that Jackson All Star party. I just scooped it up and just crow slapped him across the face with it. And he went down and of course he was all barbecued out, stuff all over his shirt. He was upset. He ran over there crying to his mom. And then we just kind of like faded out, you know, like I'm sure they were upset, but you know, you can get away with a lot of stuff when you're wearing a fursuit. It's kind of like getting slapped in the face with barbecue by Mickey Mouse. Like it has a comic element to it. It wouldn't be like if John Mills slapped your kid across the face with barbecue. So, like, we had to get out of jail free card, even though we got punched in the nuts. That's what happened with this case. This kid just got queued up. Also here, another... I hope he remembers it still. <laughs> I hope he does, too. He had it coming. So, also here, one of our best friends, I mean, th- th- David was pretty much in the click, and he uh, eventually was like, you know, I'm going to be Seymour for a little bit. David Townsend, welcome back to The Rock, my man. Hey, thanks. It's good to be back. How are you doing, Jamie? Good, good. Do uh, you have any favorite memories of your time at Seymour? I absolutely do. One of the best times since I was one of the beginning, uh, I started a little bit later. 
Uh, I only got one year in as Seymour. But uh, so as the rookie, I never got any of the good jobs. Anything that was fun, everybody always took, except for this one thing that for some reason nobody else could go to. It was the only away basketball game of the year that a Seymour was able to go to, and it was a, uh, a, a match against Marshall up in Green Bay, Alabama. And so I was able to fly up there with the team, hang out with the cheerleaders, went to an awesome hotel, and I got out onto the field and was playing, or onto the court, and was, you know, playing around first quarter or so. And then around halftime, I went back in to take a rest, and the school had given me one of Brett Favre's jerseys, uh, the big green uh, jersey with the number four on it to put on. And after halftime, I tried to, they wouldn't let me. after halftime, I put on the jersey and walked out, and everybody stopped paying attention to the game and looked over at me and started cheering because we were in Green Bay. So I had the greatest time just walking around in a Green Bay Packers uh, number four jersey as Seymour, and everybody just screaming and loved me because of it. Hey, I got a good David Townsend story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. So my, like, the way that I became Seymour, that's a whole nother story, but like we are starting to plan out like my first year you know i came in and like i came in at basketball season so my first football season we would meet up we try to plan out these skits and we were like man we really put a lot of thought into our skits i hope i hope everybody enjoyed them and could like pick up on like what we were doing with it we were ahead of our time basically we were we were, we were way out there but we could uh i mean it probably wouldn't go over now we couldn't get away with this but um you know given this is like this is the 2000 football season. So, um, or is it? Yeah, it was two. No, no, no. It was 2001 because I've been there for a little while. So this is like my first real season where we could plan skits with confidence. So we plan the skit. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So this is back when Stone Cold was a thing. And, you know, this is right after 9-11 and all that stuff. In our mind, somehow, what we thought the world wanted to see was... Seymour drop a stone cold stunner on Osama bin Laden. So we had David Townsend dress up in a burqa and stuff, come out like Osama bin Laden. What music was playing? It was a, it was a Stone Cold theme song, wasn't it? No, he came out to rock the Casbah, didn't he? Oh yeah, he did. He totally did. <laughs> yeah, Seymour came out to uh, Stone Cold. I came out to rock the Casbah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is pr- this is before David was even Seymour. He was just like our like you know our. I was the guinea what? pig for your. I was the guinea pig for your uh, skits, basically. <laughs> what yeah, can we make man. David do yeah. that's d- hilarious? We had no idea what a volatile situation we put that man in, dressing him up as Osama bin Laden, like maybe a, a weeks after like nine eleven. But I mean, we dro- we beat him up on stage, and he went along with it, and like the crowd went nuts. And I mean, it was probably I would say that was probably our best pep rally that we ever did. Like that was by far the best skit ever. But in hindsight. That man probably could have got lynched for coming out there dressed like that. So I have to apologize for putting you in harm's way. No, I, I ran away real fast around the building. It took all that off. I just walked back like, hey, he went that way. So it's all right. <laughs> it is 4.05 p.m. We are here at Eagle Walk. The pride of Mississippi is about to walk by. You can hear, hear them in all of their glory. Here they go. You got a smile. Where's Miss Tracy? Go Eagles! Miss Tracy! 
dirty furry part. You gotta do the dirty furry part. Alright, it's 5.14pm, we're about to do the ceremonial uh, pre-game shot to get ready to rock and roll. You ready to do this? Alright. Let's do this. Alright, three things we gotta do today. Number one, get smashed. Smash. Smash. Number two, talk trash. Talk trash. Number three, kick ass. Kick ass. Southern Miss. Let's go. Alright, it's 5.59. I am walking back to my car because... I grabbed wrong tickets to come into the game. So I've got to go home and get the correct tickets for this particular game and come back to the stadium. So that's what happens when you get the generic gray colored tickets and not the ones that are all nice and pretty and pristine. So it's my own fault. I'm probably going to miss the first quarter. Hopefully we can uh hopefully things will be out of hand in our favor by the time i get back fast forward to 9 19 p.m on saturday the golden eagles coming away with the victory here at the rock winning 27 to 17. not covering the spread but an interesting vegas tidbit the over under in this game was 44 and they finished the game with a total of 44 points isn't that amusing That was the lowdown on Homecoming 2018. I hope you guys enjoyed it. A few things to clarify in that. Munns, Jason Munns was on campus. He was going to come by and he came looking for me apparently when I had to go home and get my correct tickets. So I hate I missed you, Munns. Come back anytime. You're welcome anytime. And two, John Mills, the former mascot, my, my old partner in crime, um, he didn't. He, he called me. He's like, "Hey, if you play that interview, you got to give a disclaimer." He's like, "I did, was not meaning to punch that girl." I was like, "No, no, but everybody knows you weren't mean. It was you. Were, she was in a costume. You weren't meaning to punch a girl." He wasn't celebrating punching a girl. It's just one of those things that happened. And then he, you know, it's just some humor in it. So please don't. I don't think anybody of our listeners would. But you know, just a disclaimer. Um, telling that story in fun, not really celebrating what happened, but it's just kind of funny that he had psyched himself up to knock this guy out and it, it ended up not being who he thought it was. So, but I really enjoyed seeing him and David, man, that was the old crew back in the day from college, ran into another former mascot, Amond at the campus bookmark the day before. So always good to see all the old friends and of course, family, some of the old, some folks that uh, I don't think we had on this time, but Smitty, Chad Dickens came by. It's always good to see all you guys. So great times at the rock. Let's do it again in a week and a half. All right, let's talk about the game itself. Southern Miss finishing 27 and UTSA 17. Tez Parks was out, so uh, I can't want to say Shane Mosley. Travinsky Mosley, Sugar Trey Mosley got the start at running back. Also, there was a few shakeups on the offensive line, if you were paying attention. Um, I kind of caught it on the radio as I was driving back to the stadium. But uh, the offensive line, they weren't sure really what was going to happen up front. Um, had a couple of injuries. They wanted to give you know some guys a shot, just see what they could do. But Trace Clopton was a little banged up from the game last week, so they did not start him at center. Instead, they moved over Arvin Fletcher from guard to center. Then they, that brought in Bryce Foxworth to get the start at right guard and Paul Gaynor to get the start at right tackle after they moved Dreg Dorback 
back to left tackle. So moving some guys around, trying to find out that combination that works and uh, really challenging everybody. You know, no spot is secure. You have to go out there and, and keep your spot and um, I say earn it. But if you don't have it, you got to earn it. And if you got it, you got to keep it. So I think that worked out uh, for the best this weekend as we put up some serious rushing yards against the Roadrunners. Looking at the yardage, uh, total yards on the game. Southern Miss, 487. UTSA, 174. Passing yards, we had 269. They had 117. Rushing yards, here we go. 218 yards on the ground for the Golden Eagles this week. UTSA, only 57. We dominated the time of possession, uh, 36-35 to 23-25. The big thing that really kept this game close in the second half had to be the turnovers. Uh, We had an interception for a pick six. We had two fumbles. I mean, just some sloppy play in the second half. But really, I thought overall it was a dominating performance from the Golden Eagles. Defense uh, was was very stout. But um, it's one of those things where you put up all these yards, but you're still – you don't still quite feel – I don't want to say satisfied because you're never satisfied. You can always get more, but you just feel like, I don't know. It wasn't as it like it should have been better. The turnovers just kind of soured what should have just been a tremendous blowout for the Golden Eagles. I mean, you look at the stat line. We were up 20 to three at the half. And I'm thinking, oh, because I thought we would put up 40 plus points. And we probably would have uh, if not for the turnovers because we had didn't have too much trouble moving the ball. But, hey, give credit where credit's due. UTSA came out. They fought. They fought back into the game, only losing by 10 instead of the projected, what, 16 and a half, 17 and a half. And I did think it was funny that the the score, the combined score, was right on the over-under. <laughs> it's just crazy how those things work out sometimes. Um, but we got the win. Had some shakeups around the conference. Uh, UAB defeated North Texas. So that puts the Golden Eagles back in position to make a run at the conference championship. So we control our own destiny. We went out. Uh, not only did we play for the conference championship, uh, we should have a pretty good shot at hosting it if somebody can knock off FIU. So we'll see what happens. We get one game at a time. We got to defeat the Charlotte 49ers. And that game is coming up this weekend. Saturday, October the 27th at 1 p.m. It will be airing on ESPN3 if you cannot make it to Charlotte, North Carolina. Looking at the stats here, um, you know, this is a Charlotte 49er team that snuck up on some people and they've been just housed. Looking at that, like last week they lost uh, 21 to 13 to Middle 10. The week before that, they blew out Western Kentucky 40 to 14. They got smashed by UAB, UMass. Uh, they barely snuck by ODU. So they're a team that, that can be dangerous. Uh, as of right now, we are seven-point favorites going into this game. So hopefully you think that would mean a victory. But it seems like they've kind of progressed a little bit as the season gone on. Still not a great team by any means, but a team that could be dangerous. Not sure what their quarterback situation is like. I think there's kind of a there's a little bit of a competition there, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe an injury or something. I, I really haven't watched Charlotte this year at all, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> but, um, you know, just from the looks of it, they give up a lot of yards. They, they put up a decent amount. So total yards, um, 
They are averaging 358 per game while giving up 303, while the Golden Eagles are averaging 428 per game while giving up 297.8. So it looks like they're, um, it looks like they have had somewhat of a stout running rush defense, but have given up a lot more uh, through the air. And their passing and rushing is pretty comparable. I mean, 215.4 yards averaging through the air and 142.6 on the ground. So it'll be interesting to see how this game shakes up. I mean, this is a game where you got to win it. I mean, this is one of those three games we talked about that should be locks. And if you lose it, it's going to put you in a very, very difficult situation, even as far as achieving bowl eligibility. This is a game we have to go out and win this weekend. All right. Let's move on. Let's shut it down. Well, now i got some more news to talk about. Okay, Basketball Media Day happened this week. You can go on SouthernMiss.com and and check all of the information on that. Oh, I forgot to mention this last week. So, Minnesota story. When I was in Minnesota, I mentioned that I was going to wear my Southern Miss apparel to an Iowa game. Uh, But I woke up that morning, and it was freaking freezing it was ice cold out so i went to go get like breakfast slash lunch but i wore my southern miss shirt my southern miss jacket i'm walking down the street and this dude and keep in mind the golden gophers are playing the hawkeyes the iowa hawkeyes in town so this dude from like the 10th story of some apartment building just screams out iowa iowa and i just yelled to the top and then just kept walking but uh you know my 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 goal of going to the Iowa game in Southern Miss Apparel just for the mass confusion did not play out as it was a little chillier than it had been my previous visits to Minnesota. <laughs> all right, let's, now let's shut it down. Special thanks to all our guests. Man, you guys just heard them all in the interview. That was a great lineup. I had a great time out at the Rock this past weekend at Homecoming. You can follow us on Twitter at to the top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. And you can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Facebook as well. Instagram, uh, to the top Talk. Got a great thing going on there on Instagram, so make sure you follow us. Okay, upcoming comedy shows. I just put up the events for these on Facebook this past weekend. But we've got two guys I'm really excited to have back on Saturday, November the 24th. We've got Mark Norman at Brewski's. You may have seen him on The Tonight Show. You may have seen him on Colbert, Conan. Uh, he had his hour special on Comedy Central. He's coming back. Great guy. One of my favorites. One of the best in the biz. I mean, just as far as just writing jokes and joke economy. It's going to be at 8 p.m. and tickets will be $15. And they are on sale now at the Brewski's box office or uh, ticketweb.com. Then on Saturday, December the 29th, uh, one of the local favorites, Sean Patton, coming back to the Thirsty Hippo. You may have seen him on Esquire's Best Bars in America, Conan, and Comedy Central as well. Sean is just a pure entertainer. Uh, He reminds me a lot of uh, John Belushi. He just kind of looks like him. He's, you know, kind of a different, he's not really a joke guy. He's a story guy and he's just kind of an entertaining presence. Um, tickets are $12 in advance, $15 uh, at the door. This is at the Thirsty Hippo. Both these guys are from New Orleans. Both are New Orleans comics and both are guys that have really made a name for themselves in the biz. Special thanks to everybody that came out to the Sanger Theater Friday night and saw Hannibal Burris. It was an amazing show, had a solid crowd. 
everybody was hyped. Everybody had a blast. Everybody I talked to had a blast. I didn't see anybody that didn't. So if you didn't have a blast, <laughs> I didn't hear about it. But it was a great event for Hattiesburg. Getting somebody like him to come to Hattiesburg. I think he's, pay- he's playing the Sanger in Hattiesburg. And then the night after that, he's playing the Sanger in New Orleans. It was a great event, and I'm really proud of what we've been able to do with Hub City Comedy. All right, as promised earlier, I'm going to give you guys a sneak peek right now. of This is a podcast put together some of uh, my very good friends, cascading events that shaped our global economy. Here's a little taste of Domino. The most fascinating stuff to me is the lesser-known areas of the economy. Everyone knows about the Great Recession of 2008 and the dot-com bubble. But I was fascinated to learn that Mexico sits on a ton of oil. Why doesn't Mexico look like Saudi Arabia? So Brady, this podcast that we're calling Domino, it's really your brainchild. Tell us what it's all about. I think a lot of days we hear the news and we see one-off headlines and we quickly draw a conclusion of how that's going to play out in coming months. And that's just not historically been the case. You find that, I mean, like, whether it be a crisis or some type of economic collapse, whatever, there's kind of that one seminal moment. Well, I think that the, the 1971 breaking of the gold standard was a really pivotal moment. That's what led us really to make all the economic decisions that we've made up to that point. We were free to print money. We were free to run deficits. We were free to do all these things. And it was that that then led to the inflation of the 70s and led to the rate hikes and led to the Latin American debt crisis. And you can just sort of see the sequence of events that led the world to look like it does today. For us that grew up in the 80s. Japan was like such a dominant player, and I don't know that they actually are today. It's fascinating to me how Japan went from the number two economy in the world to, I mean, falling off a cliff. I don't know if you ever watched Die Hard, but but the, the movie Die Hard with Bruce Willis was in the Nagatomi Tower in Los Angeles, and it was really predicated on that theme of global dominance and the, and the other foreign powers are taking over the world. So it's almost foolish to try to predict the outcome of an economic change. But it's pretty fascinating to look back. I mean, did you know that Paul Volcker's rate hikes really led to the Latin American debt crisis that ultimately fed into the drug boom, which led to Reagan's drug wars? The one thing I'd like for listeners to walk away with is just the idea that the economy is unpredictable and it's vast and it's fun and fascinating to talk about. And and I hope they get some historical context that these stories Um, may very well play out in a similar manner again in the future. Understanding how we dealt with the Latin American debt crisis is kind of key in understanding how we might deal with Turkey and the current crisis going on in in Europe or other developed markets or even Argentina. And so that historical context, I think, can give you a a pretty good frame of reference. Find it on your favorite podcast app or visit dominopodcast.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Our first episode comes October 25th. That was Domino going live October the 25th. Be sure you check it out anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, all that good stuff. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week to talk about the Golden Eagle victory over the Charlotte 49ers. Fingers crossed, I hope. I think I think this team's coming around. I think this is a situation where we just need some more experience. I don't I don't expect this team to be world beaters this year, but I think this is kind of like the 2014 year. You're you're starting to see some of the bricks being put into place for the future, and uh, big things are ahead for these young Golden Eagles. 
All right. Look for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating and review and whatnot. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.